This is Ayani. And this is Corinne. And you're listening to Sex, Love, Literature, a pop culture podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sex, Love, Literature for our third episode. Woot, woot, woot. Um, we are going to be talking today about the fifth season of Lucifer. Uh, so I know Corinne and I were very excited about the release of this season, um, waiting on pins and needles, perhaps, in a way, mm-hmm. uh, for it to start. Um, and let's say we've, we've got some uh, mixed feelings, let's yeah. say. Yeah. So, for those of you that are not Lucifer fans, uh, Lucifer is an American quote unquote urban fantasy story slash cop procedural uh, that premiered on Fox. I want to say, how, how long ago was that? I think it was 2016. 2016. Um, so, back in 2016, but was actually canceled after its third season. Uh, however, fans kind of rallied this Save Lucifer campaign, uh, and it was actually picked up by Netflix for another three seasons. Um, so, season four and five, as well as season one through three, are on Netflix right now. Uh, and a sixth season, as well as I think the second half of season five are mm-hmm. uh, in production um, forthcoming, let's say, uh, to be released on Netflix. Um, so season six is actually going to be the last season of Lucifer. Uh, I did read an article that said that season five was originally going to be the last season, but Netflix was like, how about one more? Um so that's exciting. Uh, and just for some reference, uh, the characters in Lucifer are actually based on the characters from DC Comics Sandman, uh, which I highly recommend, uh, written by Neil Gaiman. Um, and Tom Ellis is the main actor who plays Lucifer Morningstar, aka the devil, with Lauren German as his love interest, Detective Chloe Decker. Yeah, so to give you some context about the main characters that we'll be talking about, for those of you who haven't seen this show, obviously, we're talking about Lucifer. Can you fucking hear that? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> we live in Florida, and it the sky has decided now is the time to put on a show. So Right. I mean, we're talking about gods and the devil. Maybe it's like <laughs> fun, fun backdrop for us there. But so Lucifer, obviously the titular character, uh, he basically has come to LA to get a vacation from hell because like he's real tired of his job down there. <laughs> uh, and then Detective Chloe Decker, as Ayani said, his love interest, at least in early season, she was like assault like she solidly held her own in comparison to lucifer that may mm-hmm. or may not be different this season uh but then some other s- characters that we're going to talk about are maze or also known as mazikeen who is a demon from hell who came to earth with lucifer to sort mm-hmm. of be his backup and she's developed into her into a fully developed character person of her own oh she's great maze is awesome uh, another character that we'll talk about is Amenadiel, who is an angel from heaven, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> an angel from heaven. But he and Lucifer are brothers, and mm-hmm. Amenadiel has since been stuck on Earth for a while and is going on his own journey. And he used to like be able to stop time or slow down time, and that has become more complicated for him. But then he is his... Love interest, partner, person? Partner, baby mama. Baby mama, his person with whom he has slept in the past is Linda, 
Uh, who is another main character who's been here since the beginning. She originally started out as Lucifer's therapist. And fuck buddy. And fuck buddy. Mm-hmm. Who event- which is not, I would like to point out, ethical as a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but she does cut off sleeping with Lucifer pretty early on. Yeah. And yeah. then develops. Only after a couple episodes. And like she and Maze become besties. And she's, Linda is an excellent character. Uh, and then... The uh, the last character we'll talk about a little bit is Ella Lopez, and she is the forensic scientist at the police department where uh, Chloe works and where Lucifer is a consultant. And she's amazing, but mm-hmm. she she's the most recent addition of the characters we'll talk about. She joined the show in the second season. Yeah. Um, so one thing that we wanted to mention that's kind of interesting about Lucifer, and this is something that Corinne actually points to all the time, is that it almost feels like every season of this show is its own thing, its own mm-hmm. vibe. I don't know if that's because just shifting of the writer's room or just the kind of stories they're deciding to tell, or even if it's completely on purpose, but it kind of feels like every season is dramatically different from the ones that have come before it with of course the through line of this relationship between lucifer and chloe right Mm -hmm. um but yeah so something to keep in mind as we're talking about season five today um so why are we talking about lucifer (laughs) Hmm, i don't (laughs) Um, know why are we i have no idea um so to speak a little personally for a second, uh, a lot of my research right now is focused on monsters, monstrosity, and why there's different kinds of desire for the monstrous body. Um, and one of the chapters of my dissertation is actually going to be looking at uh, kind of the quote unquote, well, I guess the king of the underworld as a romantic figure. And Lucifer um, is a show that plays into that to a T. We have the devil as not only the leading man, but the leading romantic lead, who is played by a very attractive actor. Like he's, you're supposed to be attracted Mm -hmm. to Lucifer in this, Um, but not in a way that he is, uh, I don't know, leading us astray. If that makes sense, we're supposed to be engaging with him as a character. So Um, his, building on that a little bit, his sort of power is desire and it's not that he makes people desire things he makes people realize what they desire and then people there's like this whole arc much in like earlier seasons where like it's not that the devil made them do it it's they Mm -hmm. did it because they wanted to right so yeah so that's part of my interest in lucifer and also this is another one of those shows (laughs) that everybody is beautiful Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you know we we have the habit of talking about these i i wonder why but um (laughs) (laughs) um but beyond that it's just kind of like a fun romp of a show uh and when we saw that season five was coming out i was like and I'll, I'll own this one. Like, you were Roswell, but for me, this one was like, oh, I definitely want to talk about Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So, so did I just bully you into talking about this? Or what? No. Are you actually interested? <laughs> I, normally, Aani is less of a bully about making me watch things than I am about making her watch things. <laughs> because I think she originally – she originally watched Lucifer, I think, on the recommendation of a friend and, like, talked mm-hmm. it up to me. But I didn't pick it up probably until, like – like six months to, to a year after she watched it, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because I just needed something to watch. And I was like, oh, Ayani like Lucifer. I'll give it a shot. And then I like obviously plowed through it real quick. 
<laughs> but Ayani makes light suggestions and I am a bully. So, <laughs> well, I mean, usually you bully me into watching things that I end up enjoying, so it's <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, so uh, we do want to note really quickly that something that we've become increasingly uncomfortable with with this show is that it does function as propaganda to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I that's something that I think sat more uncomfortably with me this season, particularly in the light of Black Lives Matter protests and not that that has ever not been a problem, but mm-hmm. I've been I've become increasingly aware of it, and it yeah. has made me increasingly uncomfortable. Yeah, and I know speaking personally for me as somebody who spent many a sick day watching endless episodes of Law and Order and SVU, uh, this is just something that has been on the mind and occupied the mind over the last. Um, I don't know. Let's just say over the course of the year. Uh, So kind of calling to question some of the things we intake and intake without question. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is something we wanted to call to attention here. We are not necessarily going to be focusing so much on the cop procedural side of things um, and more, I think. And in in a way, it's it's become less of a cop procedural over time. Yeah. The first season was definitely 100% cop procedural. Also, one of the cops is like the devil. Uh, and then they've shifted more to like character dynamics and there there is still like a serial killer they have to catch this season right annoying but (laughs) yeah but it it feels like kind of the uh murder plots in every episode are more now frame narrative Mm -hmm. than the main narrative if that makes sense um it's something that is driven now yeah i mean something that the show has always done is kind of set up uh a crime a murder that happens um and then when they're interviewing people or talking through different people the kind of statements that they get the kind of revelations that they have are in some way or another reflective of whatever emotional drama the characters are going through Mm -hmm. so that's still very 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 much the case um but yeah uh it's it's not it's not law and order with the devil anymore Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's taking on a different kind of vibe. Um, and also this goes without saying, but there will be spoilers for set the first half of season five mm-hmm. <laughs> for in our episode. Not I to mean, mention the first four seasons. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we've been kind of animatedly talking um, up to this point, but I'm I'm going to burst the bubble here. We weren't <laughs> actually that wild about this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some fun things that we do want to talk about and think through. Um, but I think it's important to kind of note that we weren't as enthused about it. We weren't as wild. Mm-hmm. But like for you, it even took like some additional effort to get through it with me over your shoulder. Like we're doing the podcast. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but yeah, we just... Uh, it didn't scratch the same itches, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I know you were talking a bit about it being feeling a little clunkier. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed right off the bat. So we start out this season with Lucifer back in hell and Chloe in L.A. And they <laughs> declared their love for each other at the end of last season. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, I guess Lucifer didn't say I love you, but he said it was always you or whatever. And Chloe right. said she loved him. But we start out with them separated and everything is very unsettled, but like Mm -hmm. it didn't work for me at the beginning because like part of what makes it interesting is like the back and forth play between Lucifer and Chloe and starting out with them not together 
was boring. <laughs> mm, yeah, and I do want to say that I remember at the end of season four, I think I cried when oh, they I went their separate so ways. I was so upset. Because, yeah. So, like, there's been this whole buildup for Lucifer and Chloe to get together over four mm-hmm. seasons, and mm-hmm. they hadn't yet. And then they finally have this, like, declaration. And so, like, there were obviously a lot of, like, obstacles to overcome, like, Chloe finding out Lucifer was actually the devil. (laughs) He never lied about it. (laughs) He did never – he has been very honest. But also, like, if someone told you they were the devil, would you believe them? I do not think so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, depends on some people. I'm not going to throw any names out there. But if there's some people (laughs) who are like, yeah, it's true, I was the devil, I'd be like, I fucking knew it, you monster. But anyhow, continue. But it starts out with them apart after, like, we've finally gotten to the point where they've, like, said how they feel to each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the narrative was just moving s- this whole season. It moved very slowly. The narrative pieces were, like, big and clunky. Even, like, mm. the dialogue. I mean, I'm not going to say Lucifer has ever been high art, but it has hey, hey, always hey. been. <laughs> it's always been more, like, sort of tongue in cheek and clever right. and witty. Fun lighthearted and fun and like very aware of what it is and playing with that and this season Mm -hmm. it it like lost a lot of the lightheartedness and the cleverness and was just clunky yeah 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 um no i totally get that uh there were definitely some lines in watching this that made me roll my eyes in a way that uh I didn't in other seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so, like, no shade to the actors. I think they were doing no, the best no, no, they no. could with what they had. And and I will say, our opinions are not law, right? Like, yeah. I also don't want to put down anyone on the creative staff or on the creative team. Because, like, I'm not saying I could do better. <laughs> but, like, you know, art is subjective in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were definitely some – there were more eye roll moments for me where I was like, oh, okay, this is – this is what we're doing. Really, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. Um, in a way that I kind of bought in completely um, to other seasons. Uh, and for me, I didn't even really get super invested mm-hmm. in what was happening until around episode four or five. And there are only is- eight episodes for this half season. Right. Um, so it kind of took me even a minute to start to I don't want to say start to care because I was already invested in the characters, but to like really be like, okay, I'm going to finish this up now. I want to know what's happening. Well, and maybe another layer of that as well is that even though these are characters that I have been invested in in the past, they did not feel familiar to me Mm. in a lot of the action. Speak speak on that for a second. Well, it's like – What do you mean by that? It's like they took – so they take – Maze or Mazikeen, for instance, mm-hmm. she's a character who they've done a lot of work to build a lot of nuance into over the course of the four seasons. Like she started out pretty much solely as Lucifer's sidekick, without mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. and so she's she's played by like a very attractive black woman, and she like works as a bartender. She likes to have a lot of sex. She's also very violent. She's so fantastic. She's uh, excellent. Maze is easily one of the best characters in this show. But so the actress's name, just really quickly, is Leslie Ann Brandon. All right, well, she's – well, and in the past, she's been great, and this actress is obviously still great. And also, like, no shade to the costume department because they were still on point this Oh, season. Maze's outfits were on point this – excuse me? I was looking at that like, oh, I want to cosplay that, and I want to cosplay that, and oh, mm-hmm. that wig, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they took 
all of these like shades of gray that they've built into Maze's character and sort of like colored them in and mm. like turned her back into like broad strokes where it's like, oh, Maze has gone from this nuanced, interesting character with her own desires with her own wants mm-hmm. with her own things that she does to someone who is upset that lucifer left her and is sad that she's alone and like that's it yeah and it's not that those things aren't real you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's not that we as human beings don't struggle with those kinds of things but i i do agree that there feels like some of that playful nuance that was available in other seasons is not necessarily there right now mm-hmm. um yeah so we are going to talk a bit about maze a little later um because we adore her so mm-hmm. much we can't not talk about maze um but why don't we start with thinking a little bit about lucifer and chloe we don't want to we decided we didn't want to spend the whole time being like this we were sad about this but really do kind of dive into some of mm-hmm. the content um but why don't we start with lucifer and chloe since they are the main couple Did you want to start with your thoughts on Lucifer and Chloe? Yeah. So I guess maybe to give give some context. uh, (laughs) Captain context over here. That's me. Uh, So we start out with Lucifer and Chloe apart after they've made these declarations to each other. Oh, Mm -hmm. we should also mention that the bad guy this episode is Lucifer's twin. So it's also played by Tom Ellis. Except that Lucifer has a British accent and Michael doesn't yeah he's his he has an american accent right which, so it's, which is, it's maybe interesting to think about how the britishness is part of what makes lucifer so appealing mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because michael yeah. is not supposed to be appealing no michael is not supposed to be appealing um honestly just okay i know i said we were gonna stop complaining but just to complain a little, a little bit more i didn't like michael but not mm. in the way that he's the antagonistic force this season and thusly you're not supposed to like him like there are many an antagonist that i enjoy watching them exist yeah antagonists that that you love to hate right exactly um but michael was not one of them i just i think part of it was that we're revealed who he is in the trailer so Mm -hmm. even before we start the season you know that there's going to be this like oh wait i'm not lucifer i'm michael twist (laughs) you know I'm doing a lot of voices today. This is going to be fun to listen back to. Um, but yeah, so that that's already spoiled for us. And then Michael's whole motivation is like, my brother thinks he's so cool and British. I'll show him. <laughs> I'm going to fuck up his life. And I'm like, wait, but what? <laughs> I don't. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So it, it just, I don't know. I wasn't really convinced by his motivation. Um, I, uh, yeah, I just, I didn't like Michael. I didn't like him. Every time he was not there, I was like, oh, I'm getting invested. And then Michael would appear and I go, boo. <laughs> and I would co- literally text Corinne and be like, boo, Michael is here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I don't know. I Maybe I came to tolerate him more in some of the later episodes, but definitely in the first, like, two, I wanted, I wanted no parts of this. Um, well, and maybe... Part of the reason he's so not compelling is that he doesn't really have a good motivation. Because the mo- mm, like mm-hmm. when we think of the other villains that we've had, like we've had Kane, we've had mm. we've had Charlotte. Uh, so Kane obviously is Kane who killed his brother. 
Right. <laughs> and then <laughs> like Char- we have like Charlotte who was the mother of all the angels. So like God's right. wife, which is complicated. Right. Like, right they right. had things that they wanted that went beyond I'm a fuck with Lucifer. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is just ultimately not that like when we have come to believe that Lucifer will always win. Right. It's just not that interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then on top of that, I think with some of the other antagonistic forces, they really intertwined themselves into the lives of our characters. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just this outside force that was coming in and being like, I'm doing schemes, <laughs> you know? Cain uh, mm-hmm. was like the head of their division, right? And, and then, it took a long time to figure out who he was as well right? and like mm-hmm. what exact, what threat he posed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Charlotte uh, took over this woman's body uh, or, well, no, Charlotte was the woman and then the mother goddess was in her body had taken it over Mm -hmm. after charlotte had died um so there was all that kind of weirdness that was happening um because the mother goddess wanted to be in her son's lives right Mm -hmm. so there was all that um and then even with eve even though eve was not a straight antagonistic force she Mm -hmm. was a disruptive force she's definitely a force of chaos Right, she was definitely a force of chaos um, and a disruptive force to Lucifer and Chloe's relationship, but was very intertwined with the characters and wasn't just on the outside like, I'm going to throw some lingerie at somebody and cause trouble, you know? So, (laughs) I mean, I don't know how she would be a sexy problem, you know, from the outside, but like, you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, Michael was this weird kind of like, I'm going to pretend to be Lucifer for two episodes. And then now it's not going to be a surprise because everyone already knows from the trailer. Right. You know, um, and then I'm just going to be on the outside trying to fuck shit up. You know what I mean? So I don't, Mm meh, meh, Michael. But anyhow, Lucifer and Chloe. (laughs) Yes. So we've had this will they, won't they play with Lucifer and Chloe over the course of four seasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we finally get to the point where it's like, will they? They will. Yay! And, spoiler, they have sex. <laughs> Yay! I mean, I feel really weird cheering for someone else having sex, but like, it's been a buildup for literally four and a half seasons to get to this point. Um, so I think we should then think about how Lucifer and Chloe finally sleeping together works doesn't work how does it affect their characterization what does that do for you what does it do for the show what do you think yeah no those are some great questions um so okay let's think a little bit about the i guess maybe some of the build-up to it Mm -hmm. and how that influenced i guess my personal uh reaction to it um so in episode two when michael is still pretending to be lucifer um chloe has kind of made the decision that she is going to try to be more, you know, I don't know, sexually evocative mm-hmm. with Lucifer. Um, and it it's kind of like this moment where she makes the decision that she's going to be, not be the sexy one. Because Lucifer, of course, is always the one making the innuendos and is always like, mm-hmm. well, we could get naked right now. And Chloe's like, also, no, we're not going to do that. maybe for context, Lucifer has slept with thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Of people, yes. And they're all very happy with the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, 
So it, it, it's kind of a, I don't want to say a bridge that they'd have to cross, but it, in, in terms of what it means to have sex with and sleep with the devil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a big thing that Chloe has made the decision that this is a direction that she wants to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Mm, we should also add that Chloe is a divorced single mother. So it's she's not like a virginal oh, kind yeah, of no. character at all. It's not no, that no, no, direction. No no, 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 absolutely not. Um, also, not enough Trixie. Trixie is her daughter. Not mm-hmm. enough Trixie this season. Um, and I will say the her Trixie's father, Dan. I think you introduced Dan, right? I no. didn't. But Dan also works at the police department he's a detective he had a he had a whole arc where he like fucked some stuff up earlier and then had to have a redemption arc but we we like dan these days lucifer doesn't like dan he calls him detective douche but (laughs) i like dan (laughs) (laughs) um but you know dan is involved in trixie's life it's not Mm -hmm. like you know he's a good dad yeah um but anyhow so that was kind of a big move uh and the 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 concern, of course, in that episode is, oh, my God, is she going to sleep with Michael and not with Lucifer? But she knows it's not Lucifer, and she pulls a gun on him, yada, yada, yada. So, anyhow, when Lucifer finally gets back, uh, I think it's episode five? <laughs> yeah, I think it's episode... <laughs> no, no, it's episode six. It's yeah. episode um, Lucifer comes back in episode three, but in episode six... Um, they're trying it's you know there's always hurdles in these relationships so even when they're together they're trying to figure out what it means for them to be together Mm -hmm. uh one of chloe's exes is an important witness in whatever kind of murder Mm -hmm. trial is happening um and uh because of lucifer's interaction with her ex uh also having conversations with dan um and chloe's kind of uh acknowledgement of what it means to kind of be in a relationship with lucifer over the course of the episode they decide to have sex together um i'm how do i want to put this on one hand i'm surprised that it took this long to get to that point but honestly since they were will they won't theying for four whole seasons it almost seems like it's kind of fast that they're getting in bed with mm-hmm. episode six fast in a narrative way i'm not gonna judge anybody for jumping in anybody's bed as long as they're safe right but mm-hmm. um you know, narratively, I'm kind of surprised that we're already getting to them having sex. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, that's not something I was disappointed by. I was just kind of like, oh, we're here. Well, all right, then. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's kind of a windy, twindy way of saying that I'm I was ha- that was a good character moment for me, mm-hmm. I think. Um I think they are both – both characters were in a place that having sex was not an impulsive move, mm-hmm. but was something that they were both emotionally ready for um, and wasn't just a gratuitous sex scene for us watching, right? Again, not judging gratuitous sex scenes, but personally, I really do like when sex scenes matter to character growth and to character motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also, I think – <laughs> important to note that the sex scene was filmed very differently for Lucifer on Netflix than it would have been for Lucifer on CBS. Ooh. Yes, very good. Very good. Was point. it on CBS or was no, it on Fox? Fox. My Fox. bad. On Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, actually, so this was something you mentioned that I think it might be, uh, I might throw the ball to you, but you were talking about the difference between 
Lucifer's and Lucifer and Chloe's actual sex scene in this season and her imagined sex dream that she mm-hmm. had with him. Like, was it a couple seasons ago? I think it was in maybe season two. There's like okay. in one of the will they won't they moments. Lucifer, it like it ends in an ep- an episode ends with Lucifer and Chloe kissing like on a beach, and then the next episode ah, opens yeah. with that like the elevator door is opening in Lucifer's penthouse, and Lucifer and Chloe like making out, and like, I think there's like an Evanescence song playing, and like <laughs> Evanescence. It, I might I might be naming the wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I hear with Onessence is bring me to life. And I'm like, that was not playing. (laughs) But like, it's this very interesting, like very like sort of hot sex scene. Oh yeah. They're definitely playing with the audience expectations, but then (laughs) Chloe, who doesn't know for real, for real that Lucifer is the devil yet is starting to almost believe it. And then like, it turns out we learn that she's having, a sex dream about him and he like grows horns <laughs> and he says like oh like i see you found my love handles <laughs> sorry but see like that's the kind of dumb shit in lucifer that would crack me up uh-huh. you know but then um, like then chloe wakes up and then i know as an audience member i like didn't necessarily believe that like it went that quickly to them like doing it but like i almost did so then when she woke up i was like oh but then we see Maze, who at that point was chloe's roommate sitting watching chloe eating popcorn and chloe's like <laughs> what are you doing here and Maze is like well i heard you scream and i thought you were in trouble and then i realized what was actually happening so i stayed to watch the show fucking Maze, she's the best um <laughs> and then Maze is like so how was it <laughs> But there is a lot of sort of, I think, similar camera movement, similar, there's like a similar aesthetic to mm-hmm. Chloe's sex dream and their actual sex scene um, this, ep- this season. But I think it, it obviously, it goes further and is more explicit, I think. Mm, yeah. I mean, of course, we're not talking porn explicit, right? We're still no, not at on all. kind of, you know. Still like, you know, the um, silhouettes and the like close-ups right. of like women's and, legs and whatever. And- yeah, and very careful camera movement. Um, but something I think that's worth noting is one of the big marketing pushes about Netflix acquiring Lucifer and Lucifer being on Netflix was Tom Ellis's butt. I literally remember. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I remember there was a trailer that was like, talk. he's with him in his bathrobe and he's talking to the screen and then he like drops the bathrobe and it's like, something like you know you get to see more of me or something so like every season since then we've got tom ellis's butt as part of the also like show the way that we see his his butt this season is so (laughs) completely unnecessary like i'm not mad at it but it's when michael is like practicing being lucifer in the mirror and then is just naked And sometimes you just have to be naked to practice your theater, I guess. But yeah, it does this really interesting, like, pan, right? Because we first we see him, if I'm remembering correctly, it's top. It's the top of him only. And he's yeah, looking like in, in the, the mirror. mirror. Yeah, Right. And yada, yada, yada. But then when it pulls out, you see him standing there completely naked. And it's like, oh, a butt. <laughs> All right. I was. Sure, this is where we are. Um, so it's it's really interesting to think about how Tom Ellis 
and his physique and his look is used to attract certain kinds of fans Mm -hmm. to Lucifer as a drawing point. Um, You know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Not exactly what you were talking about, but it just made me think about it kind of in that section because I'm pretty sure we see some Tom Ellis tushy there too, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. You know, um, and it feels like, and you can totally disagree with me here, but it feels like he's definitely more on display mm-hmm. in that sequence than Chloe is. I think that's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about how these kind of things are filmed, shot, framed, um, especially when it's a quote unquote long awaited sex scene. Right. Because mm-hmm. to be fair, Lucifer has sex all the time in the show. We're constantly seeing him involved and in bed with different people. Um Especially Eve last season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But this is a particular sequence and scene that uh, I guess fans have been waiting for for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, So so I guess just – did it meet your expectations or did it not? Because it's been – I almost feel like it was a box they had to check. So, like, I wasn't mad at it, but I do also feel like it was a box they had to check that Mm. the buildup has been so extensive for – that they like couldn't no matter how good they did i was never gonna be that surprised or i don't know it's it's almost like it was a box that i knew they had to check they knew they had to check it yeah and they did and like it was fine but it didn't blow my mind oh yeah i'm not gonna say that it was a mind-blowing sequence but i think for me the the cathartic movement that happened was kind of enough you okay. know what I mean? And they, uh, do, they do, to be fair, in that episode, like, building up to them actually sleeping together. Mm, excuse me. They do a lot of, <laughs> like, talk between the characters, like, narratively about, like, what about, like, how, what happens, like, when your expectations are so high because, like, there's been so much build up. Mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. Ella, who a lot of the time serves as a kind of, I don't know, a place for Chloe to talk about her feelings in the way, right. way that Lucifer often talks to Linda, his therapist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Ella, like, talks a lot about, like, oh, like, did you, like, how was it? Or, like, how do you feel about it? So, and Chloe was like, I don't know. And then part of the reason it takes them so long to actually have sex is that mm-hmm. they are having trouble navigating their expectations because they have been building for so long. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's kind of a really interesting uh, point to make is this kind of thought about the buildup of expectation. Um, because I think that's something that Chloe is dealing with throughout most of the season is what are her expectations of this relationship with Lucifer and of Lucifer in general. Because we start off with her knowing that he's not here, that he's in hell, mm-hmm. right? And expecting, I guess, to have this long separation from him. Um, And then he's suddenly back. And now the question becomes, how does their relationship change or develop? Um, Oh, shit. That also, I mean, a big thing that happens this season is that Chloe finds out that uh, God blessed her parents in order to make her exist <laughs> or to make her mother conceive that's the term <laughs> not not just booping her out of nothing um so that kind of really fucks with her understanding of her relationship with lucifer mm-hmm. because she is kind of like uh 
am, am I just a gift that somebody wrapped with a bow to give to you? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the season, and I mean a lot of this half season, I should say, is her wrestling with what it means mm-hmm. to be uh, a literal gift from God. Right, right. Um, you know, not in the figurative way that we like to say to people. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I, I think for me, the fact that there was so much buildup, but also so much that she was wrestling with, you know, cathartically for me, I think it landed. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, I, it feels like you're not as convinced though. I'm not. It didn't really work for you. So I, I'm thinking about the reason why I wasn't as convinced by the Chloe having feelings about learning she's a gift from God plotline, I think is because it didn't strike a good balance between what characters know and what viewers know. Because viewers have mm. known Chloe was a gift from God since season two, when right. Lucifer found out and had his own little conniption about it. His panic about it, yeah. Which is why they don't sleep together in season two. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, readers have – or not readers, viewers <laughs> – audiences audience members have known that she's a gift from god for so long that it's like okay like i know like it's almost like they had to go through the motions of chloe finding Mm. out and then wrestling with this and feeling like she doesn't have agency and feeling powerless and blah 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 but like it is blah 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 because like you know they're gonna do it it's Mm. just a matter of when you know honestly okay so Two quick thoughts bouncing off of that. Um, and I don't want to get too far off field here, but I think this is worth mentioning. One, Dan also finds out that Lucifer is the devil this season mm-hmm. um, because Michael tells him because he's a meddling pain in the ass. Dan Excuse is basically me. the – well, I guess Ella doesn't know, but Ella is very yeah. Catholic. So I th- I bet when Ella finds out, she'll be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but Dan is the but- only core character from the beginning who still doesn't know. Right, and Trixie notwithstanding, because she's a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Dan's Dan's kind of panic about the whole thing is what resolved in two episodes, two three episodes. It it, it felt kind of rushed and pushed. And like while I did appreciate the fact that Chloe has to wrestle with all this, it feels like maybe they're trying to do so much in these eight episodes mm-hmm. um that things just don't have an appropriate time to breathe so we get the 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 panic about being a gift from god we also get the sex scene um we get the i mean i thought this was fun but the fact that chloe kind of nabs lucifer's joe jojo <laughs> mojo for a little bit um and she can kind of pull from lucifer what he desires mm-hmm. right um, but it's just – it was really only eight episodes. There was a lot that they were kind of jamming in there. And part of that might be that the fifth season was going to be the last season. And they felt like they had to tie up a lot of loose ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I read in the article is that rather than kind of restructuring everything in the fifth season, the last act uh, is now going to be the sixth sixth season mm-hmm. that they're doing. Um, so – it feels like maybe they had a lot of loose ends that they were trying to tie up in 16 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that might be why some of it feels so very like compacted and smushed together. Well, and maybe going back a little bit, I've yeah, been very, I've liked Chloe like mo- for mm-hmm. most of this whole show. Like she's been mm-hmm. a fully developed 
you know, stereotypical, like, strong female character who's, like, very interesting, is, like, a good mom, is a good detective, and... She's she's a well-rounded character. Well, she's been a well-rounded character, but this season, almost everything about her was about how she felt about Lucifer, and to Mm -hmm. me, that felt very flat. It's, like, a character that I had appreciated. Well, it's, again, like, they erased or ignored a lot of the things about her that made her interesting. Like, we never saw her with Trixie. We never saw her with her daughter. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that was disappointing to me. Yeah. Because it, if we turn Chloe into someone that is only that only exists for Lucifer, which is, even though that's something they dealt with narratively, they didn't do anything about it in letting her do anything differently in the show. So, like, that made her flat for me. Mm, no, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, oh, sugar peas. There was something I was going to say about Chloe and existing for Lucifer that I've forgotten. So that's fine. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. We don't really get to see her exist outside of Lucifer in the way that we did get to see with a lot mm-hmm. of epi- other episodes. Like, we got to know about her relationship with her mother. We got to see her interacting with Dan specifically. We got to see what she was like with Trixie alone. You know, um, we got to see more of her hanging out with Maze, hanging out with Linda. Um, and actually, that's something that we get cut off from very early on is that it seems like since Lucifer has left uh, at the end of season four, that Maze and uh, Maze and Chloe had been using each other kind of as emotional crutches, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Maze dealing with Eve kind of abandoning her and leaving her and Chloe dealing with Lucifer having to leave. Um, I guess Maze also feeling abandoned by Lucifer going back to hell. Um, but because Maze tries to kiss Chloe and misunder or it's so it's such a weird sequence it's like chloe mace has been working as a consultant instead of Uh, lucifer hunter yeah a consultant bounty hunter (laughs) 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 she has a very uh blunt approach to solving crime (laughs) (laughs) but like it's like maybe part of why it doesn't work is that everything that has supposedly happened in mace and chloe's relationship is told and not shown Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then there is like, it felt like almost weird fan service to have Maze like try and kiss Chloe, but it's like fan service yeah. that like who want who wanted that? Yeah, not yeah. me. I mean, I'm sure somebody did, but but, but not not us necessarily. Um, yeah, and I, I just as a, a quick pin, um, I will say that one of the things that we noticed about Lucifer, and correct me if I'm wrong here, at the very least in this season, Maze is the only character who is queer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, I guess in Lucifer too. Yeah, Maze, um, Maze and Lucifer are both queer, but Luce, because Lucifer's main relationship has been a heteronormative one, not that that negates his queerness, but his queerness isn't centered in the same way as mm. Maze's is. Like when Maze That's gets fair. like a big old crush on Eve. Right. Right. And sings her a song. Um, but it it. it and this is something that I'm I'm wrestling with, uh, and that maybe we put a pin in for a, la- a larger conversation another day. Um, but the fact that we know Maze largely deals with things by with violence and having sex, right? Mm-hmm. She's a demon. That's what she does. But also when she's the only character whose queerness is kind of up front and center, the fact that you know she just tries to kiss everybody as her way of dealing with her issues uh, and her 
trauma and her abandonment just mm-hmm. seemed, I don't know, it, it kind of left a funny taste in my mouth. But I think that also might just be how the entire season came together, that maybe if things went a different way, it wouldn't have bothered me so much if we got more of the well-rounded, layered, well-constructed maze, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it's like she was reduced to abandonment that she deals with in unhealthy ways. Yeah. Like that's um, what, Yeah. <laughs> Actually, since we're talking about her, do we want to transition to thinking about Mez, 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 <laughs> Amenadiel, and Linda? I know we wanted to talk a little bit about Ella and Pete, too, because yeah. we rambled about that. But let's, let's talk about Mez, Amenadiel, and Linda, and then we can circle back to Ella and Pete and how that sort and and like how what light they shed on Lucifer and Chloe's relationship. Sure, um, sure, 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 sure. Um, so I will say that. While we do have some issues with how Maze was constructed this season, it was her plotline and Amenadiel and Linda's plotlines that were the ones that were most compelling to me this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I may be a little biased because they're some of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. but um, I think kind of what Amenadiel and Linda were having to deal with with parenting and being parents was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and and Charlie, their baby, is just the cutest little nugget. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Um, but I, I really appreciated kind of Amenadiel both having to come to terms with what it means to fear for a child, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the fact that you kind of can't always protect your baby mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and this idea of kind of having to... You know, uh, I think Linda says that every day he'll need us a little less, and that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that he likes being a father. I think Amenadiel's character arc over the entirety of the show has been super interesting in how he changes how he thinks not only about humanity, um, but his relationship to humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so him kind of being like, no, I, you know, sometimes I need a break. I need a day off to go out and you know, have have a beer and talk to Dan, but he really likes being a father. Mm-hmm. And to me, that felt kind of poignant, you know, uh, especially since where he started kind of at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show, you know. Um, and Linda is delightfully Linda as always. But I, I, I two things, and feel free to jump in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated how fucking tired she was all the time, right? <laughs> and how, like, she would be pumping when Lucifer would come in. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, I just need to talk to adults. Like, I really appreciated that it wasn't kind of, I don't know, they didn't gloss over. I mean, it's still, you know, quote-unquote network television, right? Yeah. But, like, she wasn't the perfect, most wonderful mother of all time. She was having a hard time. Charlie literally cried for an entire episode mm-hmm. once, you know. Um, but also, there was this kind of interesting move that Linda had a child that she had abandoned mm-hmm. when she, she was, was 17. Yeah. Uh, that, again, super fast. That was all – it was introduced, um, I think, when Michael was around – maybe episode two or so, that she had this fear about parenthood. Because um, did we say that Michael's power is fear? I think you said uh, that. I don't remember. if he's... So just how Lucifer brings out people's desires, Michael brings out people's fears. Yeah. Um, so we had this, we knew that she had this fear about parenthood. Um, and then a little later, she pulls out a Polaroid from 1994, which made me giggle because that's the year my brother was born. Right? <laughs> uh, so she pulls out this Polaroid from 94 um, of her and this baby. 
and then you know we have one episode well i think she tells may's one episode and then the next episode may's like tricks her into going to see her daughter um mm-hmm. or no 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 it wasn't a trick she she knew mm-hmm. that what they were going to do but they go to see her daughter um so there's this kind of interesting conversation about adoption and mm-hmm. abandonment let's say not saying that those are the same things i want to make that very clear but like um linda thinks of what she did to her daughter as abandonment Mm -hmm. and when the daughter is talking about her situation she said being adopted was one of the best things to ever happen to me so Mm -hmm. um and and also there is i think a very careful negotiation of power there in that may is so maze is also negotiating her own feelings of abandonment from her mother Mm -hmm. lilith Mm -hmm. the mother of demons (laughs) (laughs) um and which is sort of how this storyline works. Like a lot of mm-hmm. something that is really interesting that this show does that they've perhaps done more skillfully in the past, but they're trying to do now still is like to have these different complementary storylines where right. like Maze mm-hmm. feels abandoned by her mother. Linda feels like she abandoned her daughter. So those right. storylines are put into conversation with each, with each other. And we understand like the divine or the demonic through the lens of the human. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's an instance where that's happening. But Linda has this very interesting moment or realization where, like, she realizes that now that she knows that, like, her daughter is okay, it is not her place to tell her daughter who she, like, who she is and that she's her mother because of the power differential and that, like, her daughter is the one, her daughter needs to be the one to decide that that's what she wants. So Linda, with yeah. Maze's help, ends up like putting her name, I think, in a database to make it searchable if her daughter ever decides to look for her biological mother. Right. So there's it, it's a very, maybe perhaps a little bit heavy-handed, but I think very still very careful negotiation of the power differential there and who mm-hmm. should get to make the choice mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on who mm-hmm. has more or less power. Yeah, um, and not that this matters of how well something is executed, but I think this is the only storyline that got tears out of me mm-hmm. this season, uh, was Linda dealing with her motherhood, let's say, mm-hmm. and then Maze dealing with her mother. Um, and that's because, you know, I got things with my mom, but, you know, this was definitely the stuff that, like, tugged at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I do – I will say I did think the stuff – with Maze trying to find her mother and tracking her mother down was interesting, if not a little heavy handed. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that I don't want to say drove me nutty. That's not the right term. Um, Was this uh, Maze had this quest this season to like find a quote unquote soulmate. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And Maze, because she's a demon does not have a soul whatever a soul is in this universe, right? Apparently, I guess humans have them. Angels have something like a soul, but demons don't, right? Uh, so that becomes her catalyst, I guess, for partnering up with Michael because he says he's going to get her a soul, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know. I, 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 You and I had talked about this before, but we're both kind of like iffy about the whole soulmate trope in general. Mm-hmm. You know, um, especially when it comes to romance stories. It's not not my favorite trope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so this sudden, this turn for Maze of her needing a soul in order to find love because she's been abandoned by everybody. Um, you know, 
I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess this is the direction we can go. Um, it's more interesting when Maze is looking for a place she belongs, I think, than looking for mm. a person to whom she belongs. Yeah. Okay. For me. No, I like that a lot. Um, no, that makes a lot of sense. Because I was going to say, one of the sequences I did really like uh, was her sequence with Amenadiel. So not so much where she tries to... No, actually, I'm going to go with the whole sequence. Because she tries to like pick a fight with him. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's how she likes to get her her juices that's how she going. Communicates. I suppose. <laughs> that's how she communicates. Um, so she picks a fight with him uh, and tries to start making out with him, but is very kind of like in that moment she blurts out, "It's not working." Right. So she was trying to rekindle this relationship she had with Amenadiel, uh, in order to kind of fill some of the emptiness that she had inside. Also, to be clear, their relationship they were basically just fuck bunnies. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, they were. They were. Um, this was not a uh, soulmate relationship. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, and Maze was the one that made the decision to, like, cut things off, if I remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. But what I did like about that sequence, or about that, I guess, plot line here, um, was that Maze and Amenadiel had a talk about it afterwards, uh, in which Amenadiel kind of flexed some of his fatherhood muscles. I guess, in talking to Maze about what she's looking for, what she needs, and that it in breaking it off with him, she was not, that was not her quote-unquote last chance of finding love. Because in doing that, she really was making decisions about who she wanted to be, what she wanted from life, you know. Um, so, yeah, that sequence kind of touched my heart a little bit mm-hmm. for our Maze. But I really do like what you're saying about this not finding a place where she belongs versus quote unquote someone she belongs to because that's a lot of what she was doing in these previous seasons right Mm -hmm. she found friendship with uh uh with linda and with chloe and with ella you know she got a job as a bounty hunter so she wasn't just a bartender Mm -hmm. working for uh lucifer anymore i mean we even had her having like bounty hunter episode Mm -hmm. right where it was like that's one of the best episodes of like this whole show i think where maze is the main character yep and as always outfits on point looking fantastic in the snow um Mm -hmm. so there uh, there was a lot of movement up until this season of maze really fleshing out who she was so for this suddenly to then just be about like i need a soulmate you know um it felt i don't know rushed again i'm i guess that's gonna be my my word for this podcast Mm -hmm. you know um that I kind of wanted to see more how that fit into a conversation about what it meant to have a complete life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, That what it, what it means to be unfulfilled in these particular kind of ways for her as a character, you know, for, for a demon who thought they were going to spend their entire lives in hell, torturing people, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But yeah. What do you think? Um, Yeah, that sounds good. Do we want to circle back and think about Lucifer and Chloe and what came next to wrap things up? Oh, yeah. Do we want to talk about Ella and Pete, though? Okay, well, we can talk about them through the lens of Ella and Pete. (laughs) Okay, okay, let's do that. Let's talk about them through the lens of Ella and Pete. So Ella got the short end of the stick this season. For real, though. Yeah, that was disappointing. So, for context, Ella, who is a delight. She is a ray of sunshine and also she a is. brilliant scientist. But and I'd wear her t-shirts. Which so, is not like a sex thing. I mean that. I'd wear her t-shirts. They're really cute. <laughs> Go ahead, so, she has a history of going after bad boys. And by bad boys, bad boys, we mean, like, 
criminals, not just yeah, bad criminals. boys. <laughs> but this season, she, like, consciously makes a move to be like, oh, like, there is this nice guy that is nice, so I guess I will try to date him to, like, do something differently. And mm-hmm. his name is Pete, and he's a... He's a crime reporter uh, from the local from my local newspaper, and they seem cute and happy. And mm-hmm. a lot of the way that nerdy. we and cute and happy and nerdy, and they go to like a Star Trek convention, and like mm-hmm. it's very lovely. And then it was all a lie because Pete was a serial killer, fucking serial killer. In the turn of oh god, I was so mad. I was so mad. It was so <laughs> heavy handed. Uh, it was so clunky but part of the reason it was so disappointing is that ella and pete's so like relationship which on the surface was very very healthy like they were communicating with each other they were like being nice to each other they were like listening to what the other one wanted was held up as a sort of like standard Mm -hmm. to which lucifer and chloe felt like they could not compare Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. for that to be flipped on its head and it turns out actually Pete's a psychopath was just so disappointing, and it like it didn't so it didn't work. And like it was it was like them trying to use that formula they have of like having something human to like shed light on like the divine yeah. that did it just didn't land. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they did a real disservice to Ella, who mm-hmm. is like another woman of color on this show, who like they just they just did her real dirty. Yeah, and now, like, I guess I'm upset from a a character sense that she was trying to do this thing for herself, and it went so completely terribly wrong, you know? Like, ah, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so it was was weird to have that relationship presented as a foil to Lucifer and Chloe, and then for it to fall apart so spectacularly, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, he tries to strangle her, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So, yeah. So all that to say, we are grumbly about season five of Lucifer. Uh, that said, there are some good fight scenes. Uh, and- I re- I really did like the big epic fight scene showdown that like sort of concludes episode eight until God mm. shows up because that's boring. But <laughs> but Michael and May's fighting Lucifer and Amenadiel was like I was super into that. It was also visually stunning because they also have like a conceit where time is stopped because Amenadil is freaked the fuck out. And like yeah. there's like a broken window and the glass is floating oh, in the air. Cool. And it's yeah. it's really it's really visually spectacular. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And and I will say it was fun having Dennis Habert as God. <laughs> um for those of you who don't do not know, he is a very, very popular actor, but most people might know him for being the Allstate insurance man. Yep. Um but uh i'm mean and i I called him budget morgan freeman yeah i was like that is not nice he's great (laughs) (laughs) but i think i think corinne was just salty about the season in general Mm. um but yeah so we have feelings as you can tell um but we would love to hear your feelings about lucifer uh were we on the money did you agree with us did you not um, Corinne, you took a breath. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm I'm think maybe the last thing to sort of wrap things up to think about is like where now that they did it, where do Lucifer and Chloe go from here? I don't know. Hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I just <laughs> 
I don't know. Well, we'll see what the next half of the season has in store. You know, now that God's on the floor, like, who knows? Who knows? Are we going to maybe they'll go to heaven and they'll have an angel banquet. I don't I don't know. I don't want that. You don't want that? I don't want that. (laughs) Ah, So we'll see. But um, yeah, folks, people of of the internet, where do you think Lucifer is going to go? uh, Not only in the second half of season five, but into season six. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you more enthused about this than we were? Are we completely wrong and off base? Do you want to just talk about how fabulous Maze is for the entirety of all Lucifer? Do you want to just talk about Tom Ellis's butt? I mean, yeah, you could totally do that. Um, you can do that with us by finding us at Sex Love Lit on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, that's all one word, Sex Love Lit. Uh, and don't stop searching after Sex Love. Type <laughs> it all in. Uh, and you can continue listening to us wherever you normally get podcasts. So if you have some Lucifer fans in your life and you think, hey, they should listen to this, send them to uh, Apple Podcasts, send them to Spotify, send them to Anchor, and you can... Uh, continue listening to us gab along um so yeah thanks for joining us if there's anything you think we should talk about that has some interesting sex and love in it just let us know (laughs) oh and as a little preview for next time we will finally be indulging in corinne's (laughs) k-drama obsession and talking about it's okay to not be okay which is currently i guess it's finished airing but it's on netflix Mm -hmm. um so you can watch the whole thing and burn through it just like we are. Um, Our so- thoughts on that one preview will be much more positive. So like you should watch it. Yes, you should totally watch it and then be prepared for the next episode of Sex Love Lit, which will be coming at you, I suppose, in the following month after this one. Because we're grad students and we're busy. So thank you for listening to Sex Love Literature. Uh, it is always a pleasure. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.